Indigen and Tobik. Woo! We are here for another series. Yep, another one. Just keeps happening. Just it keeps does. going. It does. And so we got loads of gins. Oh yeah, tons of gin. Tons of gin. Tons of experts. Yeah. Tons of topics. Well, and that's the thing, you see. Give us a gin. Talk to anyone. We will. Mm. We will talk to anyone about anything. So yeah, we're going to talk to a ton of people about loads of stuff over gin. And I'm going to make rude comments while we do it to stay on brand. (laughs) And you never know, we might actually learn some stuff. We might even remember stuff. (laughs) Oh, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Series three. Oh my God, this is. This is the first episode. And we have gone out to town to do it. (laughs) Literally. Literally (laughs) up to town. (laughs) There's no need to get that excited, Sarah. No, I know. Probably not. No, you go a bit American game show host when you do that. I know. Do you like it? Jazz hands. (laughs) So yeah, episode one. one, first one. And we've got a special. A special? We have. How? Well, one, it's our first ever episode in person. Dun, dun, dun. So our guest is now looking at us like we are mad. Because we are. It's because fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And it is an episode where we have not one, not two, but quite a few glasses on the table. But only two gins, not a plethora. That's true. Good. Two gins. And our guest this week is Emma Stokes, <laughs> otherwise known as Gin Monkey. <laughs> and she's been doing uh, the Gin Monkey thing for 12 years. She can tell us what a Gin Monkey is. I think <laughs> it's her. Um, and she runs World Gin Day, which is the second Saturday in June. Which, if you remember, we launched Series 2 the Friday before World Gin Day last year. Yeah. And we went out into space looking at where the best place in the universe was for gin. Yeah. Um, And so Emma has come to talk to us about gin. Oh, and also in her, in the day job, um, she does science communication. Ah, uh, right up your street. Right up our street. <laughs> and um, you know that episode with Lucy? She could pretty much go, uh-huh, uh-huh, to the majority <laughs> of what Lucy said. So our topic is gin tasting. Excellent. <laughs> and our question. Go on. How the fuck do you taste gin? In my experience, by drinking it. Well, and that's the second question is, what's the difference between tasting and drinking? Oh. We'll talk about them in a minute. Okay. But we might as well talk to Emma as soon as she's here. Yeah, might as well. She's not quite nice. Trying to stifle her. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we can ask her why we got two gins for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we normally just choose one. Sometimes we have two because they kind of link, but there is a deliberate reason for two different ones for this one hello emma hi <laughs> are we trying to be quiet not laugh it's really, it's really weird doing it with somebody
already here with and us. Then, it's like, no, it mustn't give away that I'm here yet. No, I'm here now. Great. I know, because it is really weird. Because on Zoom, yeah. there is that protocol that you're not really in the room. And so you just don't and say you anything. And you can mute in. yourself yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. All sorts. Whereas I'm here and I have legs. Yeah, a whole body. A whole body. You have a whole body. <laughs> so we are drinking two different gins. Yes. Mm. One we chose. Yes. Well, hold on, hold on. Well, I want to of, clarify this. Kind of, kind of. Because yet again, the same thing has happened here where I have been told I'm coming to London for a day and I'm doing this thing. And this time I've even dragged some of my mates along. Hello, Matt, for photos and more of social media. Thank you for being brilliant. <laughs> But I was just told this was happening. And then Sarah said, oh, and I picked this gin. And I went, okay, works for me. I'm happy. Think I might have got carried away again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that's cool. We love so, that. So, well, it was, we chose, I say, we chose, chose. But this is a gin that we often have in the yeah. cupboard when we're not recording episodes of Gin and Topic yeah. and therefore drinking lots of gins that other people choose. Yeah. It's one that we've always quite often chosen yeah. to drink because we like it yeah, yeah. standard go-to gin yeah so our gin is roku mm-hmm. and the way you described it to me was it was your go-to supermarket yes well, yes in easy access exactly. you can pick it up from waitrose <laughs> <laughs> middle class yeah, in fact today we got it from selfridges oh, oh dear <laughs> but yeah yeah Go to oh, yeah. supermarket gin. Yeah. And we used to always have Whitley Neal. We did. And then decided we needed to branch out. And I said, oh, I've seen this Japanese gin that's on offer and it looks really interesting. And it then, um, sorry, yeah. Whitley, because it kind of replaced it from it their did. I still love a Whitley. I do. Yeah. I do. None of their fra- flavoured rubbish, mm-hmm. just the black one. Yeah. None of their flavoured, their 3,000 flavoured. Yeah. yeah, none of them. <laughs> oh, we have a gin entering the room. Thank you very much. Here comes Lauren. <laughs> this is you on the official recording. Hello. We should say that's not me, it's a stuff monkey. Yeah. <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> so, clarifying, we've just got the gins. We have got the Roku here and we've got Emma's gin, which Emma can tell us about, uh, which also has a little monkey hanging off the bottle. <laughs> my little stuff monkey guy. Uh, so, yeah, my supermarket go-to gin of choice and generally go-to gin of choice, full stop, is Beef Eater. Um, which surprises a lot of people. I was going to say, because I had this conversation with Sarah and Sarah said, oh, and Emma's chosen Beef Eater. And I went, you fucking what? (laughs) Because in my experience... They were her actual words. Yeah. In my previous experience with it, I've had a sip and I've gone, (laughs) so I was surprised. I'm willing to give it a go, but I'm not yet convinced. I wonder how much of that came from the fact that you knew it was coming from a bottle of Beef Eater and how much of it actually was just the liquid in the glass because a lot of people think Beef Eater, bottom of the shelf, cheap, supermarket, like not particularly good quality and it couldn't be further from the truth. I have to say, I don't think I've ever tried it because of that. I just never go to it because... Well, why would you? It's just it's just beef eater gin. It's been around forever, so why choose it when you've got loads of other gins to choose from? So I don't think I've tried it. Okay. Have you? But you have. I have, I have tried it, and yeah, I just remember being a bit like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I've also had it in cocktails since, where it's basically fruit juice. So that's my last experience <laughs> of it. <laughs> okay, so why two then? Why? 
have your gin and our gin. So as soon as you said Roku, Roku is a great one. And if we're talking about tasting gin, I figure we should probably have something to compare it to because drinking one gin in isolation, it is quite difficult to, you know, pick out things that I'm trying to get you to pick out from a tasting rather than a drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, let's face it, (laughs) we tend to either not pick things out or just say whether we like them or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the most important thing. Yeah. For most people, all they want to do is pick up a bottle of gin and do they like it or do they not? That's the most important thing to them. Yeah. Uh, but if you're trying to think about a bit more about what the gin is, how it's been made and, you know, what the different aspects of a gin, you're more probably talking more about tasting than yeah. a drinking. Um, so the reason we've got two and the reason that Beef Eater fits in quite nicely is because Beef Eater is probably the example of a London dry gin. Mm-hmm. If there is one gin that sums up everything that a London dry gin should be, it is Beef Eater. And then Roku is a more of a contemporary style of gin. And we right. can come into a bit more about what that means yeah. as we're tasting them. And hopefully um, you'll be able to see a few of the differences. Yeah, because we never really understood that there was certain types of gin. In terms of London dry, we kind of yeah. heard that there's London dry yeah, yeah, and you yeah, talk yeah. about gin, but it was only when we did the history of gin yeah. that we started to really understand how gin had changed from the Geneva yeah. that had come over and all those different things that had come out of it. Um, so I still think of a Roku as being in the same world world as a London dry. So I don't think about it as being it's different. It's a classic style of gin. You can drink it in the same way. Right. Um, the difference becomes it's more so a London dry, um, number one isn't actually dry in taste. It just meant that it didn't have sugar added to yeah. it. So an old Tom gin oh, was a style of gin which was always sweetened either with sugar or licorice. Yeah. Uh, so if you distill licorice, you get a nice sweetness. Um, and that's, it always had sugar in to mask what was often quite a poorly made spirit because back mm. in the day you couldn't make quite clean spirits so you needed to chuck stuff at it like juniper berries and then sugar to make it more palatable mm-hmm. um, and as distillation techniques got better as you could make a kind of cleaner spirit then you don't need the sugar yeah. and you can focus maybe on the flavorings that you're putting in those botanicals rather than just throwing as much as you could at it just to so cover gin, it all up yeah what so gins became way botanically less intense Mm-hmm. And the sugar would taken out and it became London dry. London, because that's where everyone was making it. Um, but now actually it's a, it's a way of making gin rather than a style of kind of tasting gin. Yeah. So okay. London dry is a protected style of gin. Oh, really? Yeah. So you have... What, like Parma ham and champagne <laughs> and that kind of protected? Not quite, because no. you can actually make it anywhere in the world. So London dry doesn't have to come from London. Um, but it does have to be made in a certain way. So you have to have a very clean, grain-neutral spirit um, that has to be distilled to a very, very high percentage. Then you have to have natural botanicals, and they all have to go in the still. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you distill across, and then the only thing you can add after is water uh, and a little bit more alcohol if you want it. Ah, so all these fruit gins are not London dry? Depending on how they're made. So if you add the fruits into the distillation into the pot, then you're fine. Yeah. But if okay. you added things after, a good way to tell is anything with a colour is not a London dry. Yeah. Because you can't, anything, you can't distill colour. So yeah, yeah. if the only things you can add after is alcohol and water, then if it's got a colour, it can't be London dry. Yeah. Got you. So like we drank uh, a gin, Hamish's gin, that uh, had yes. honey in it, From but the, it, the honey was distilled yeah. and we tried the distillate of the honey that was then in the gin. So yeah. would that gin then fall into it, possibly... The it depends, dry. because if you distill everything separately right, and then blend them together, they're not technically a London dry. Mm. <laughs> Which is interesting. Really yeah, because yeah. if you want to have 
control over every single botanical and the extraction and the alcohol, then you might actually want to split them all out and distill them slightly separately mm. or for shorter or longer periods of time. Yeah. Which means if you're committed to the London dry style, then you have to get creative. So you might put okay. some botanicals in the pot to soak in alcohol mm-hmm. and then add some more in the morning and then turn the still on. Mm-hmm. Or you might, you know, soak them in barrels and then put all the alcohol and the botanicals together. Or you could do things like add um, things to vapor baskets. So Bombay Sapphire is all vapor basket. Just what the it. fuck's a vapor <laughs> basket? <laughs> Sounds like something your nan would buy you. I bought you a little <laughs> vapor <laughs> basket to put in your bathroom. You know now you've said it, what? it does sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What is this? Because my brain straight away was just like, oh yeah, sure, a vapor basket. I know you're nodding and you're just going, yep, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is a vapor basket? Um, so um, most classically, you put all the botanicals into the liquid and it's like a soup and then you heat it up. Um, and then what you collect from the vapors that come across is gin. So you basically boil the alcohol and then collect the vapors. Right. What you can do is those vapors obviously rise. Because yeah. it's a gas, you can put botanicals in a pot, uh, basically a porous basket, and hang it in the top of the still. So the botanicals <laughs> never hit, touch the liquid; they only touch the vapor. So it's a lighter mm-hmm. kind of extraction. So you might have more delicate botanicals that you don't want to be kind of boiling away at the boiling temperature of ethanol. Yeah. So it's a bit like there's a craze at the moment, which you're going to oh, say gosh, is not a craze, but I heard that there was something that people were t- were chopping bits of eucalyptus plant and then hanging the eucalyptus. You leaves. heard this from. I, you told me. Oh that was my a, god! From the shower. So is that a vapor basket in your shower? <laughs> well, I mean, if you put them in a basket, then maybe yeah. I guess it's the same principle, right? I can't believe you just tried to tell me I was going to tell you it's not a trend after I was Sieve the one who like told you. Brain. Can you remember who had told me? Jesus. It was something I heard recently. It just happened to be from you. So we have to taste these neat yes okay yes <laughs> i mean the only reason you taste them neat i mean you're not drinking them neat you're just yeah, having you're just a having sip, sip neat yeah. um and it means that you can determine the differences between them much more easily whereas once you've added ice things get colder yeah so it's much more difficult to taste the differences between any kind of coldness uh, flattens the gin out a little bit and then you've added your tonic as well so you can't smell the gin yeah. once you've got it in a gin and tonic really so definitely yeah. for the aroma you should definitely See neat before you add your ice and tonic, mm-hmm. but I would also recommend having a bit of a sip. But there is a bit of a way to do that as well, which we can go through. Oh, okay, okay. right. So, right. what are we tasting first? Do you want to try the beef eater? Go on then. <laughs> well, as you said, it's like the base one to test other things against. Yeah. It sounds fine to pour it, and I love that they are fair measures as well. You know, it's not like pouring a mill. Uh, it's a proper, proper gin measure. I'm okay. not going to glug it though. Right. No, How so the first thing you do, this? don't stick your nose all the way in the glass and breathe in too deeply because this is 40% ABV. <laughs> so you've got quite a lot of ethanol in there. I didn't just do exactly that. <laughs> So the way, so my friend Sarah, um, she was the original gin queen back in uh, the start of this second gin craze that we're going through. She worked at Barcourt Graphic in London, and they at one point I think probably had the world's biggest gin collection. Wow. They had a gin collection before people bars even wanted a gin collection, mm-hmm. even understood it. They had a little bible, so you go and be like, oh, I want to try a new gin, and they would just give you a big yeah. book. They actually had two <sighs> volumes by the end, and you'd leaf through and you'd learn about each of the gins and choose which one. So she told me that you have to introduce yourself to a gin. Hello, Jen. My name is Sarah. Nice to meet you. 
who are you? Yeah, that exactly. Is perfect. Right. <laughs> um, but it's almost like when you're, into, you know, if you meet someone for the first time, as I've met you guys today, you yeah. don't straight away run up to someone and be like, oh my God, wrap your arms around them and give them a massive smack of, you know, on the lips. You know, Maybe you don't. Do. <laughs> Most of us, especially in this country, do the very British thing. Hello, Steve. I'm in the very nice to meet you. So again, you have to kind of go in quite gradually. So if you put the gas to your nose a little bit, take a bit of a sip. Uh, a bit of a smell, sorry, and then take it away. And then next time, put your nose in a little bit further and breathe a little bit It's now a good deeper. time to say I think I've got something in the bottom of my glass. <laughs> Is it a bit scummy, that? Oh, yeah, you have got something. Oh, no. <laughs> Should we get you a clean glass? Maybe. I mean, the alcohol as well won't help if there was anything no, in there. There's something a little... Uh, you just... <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but I just introduced no. myself to it and went, oh no. Hello, Mr. White. Here we go. Clean. Clear. A nice clean one. Thank you. Should we do some clean gin as well? I think so. Thank you. <laughs> just because I'm not I sure what it is. That? And if it is going to try and kill me, I don't want to introduce myself to it anymore. Okay. So now hopefully you've been able to start to smell maybe some citrus, some juniper on there. So. Okay. So can I just say. Yes. I don't actually know what juniper smells like. So, like, resinous, piney Christmas trees. Oh, yeah, I know what they smell like. Yeah. I'm going to get alcohol. <laughs> yeah, you will. I mean, as I say, this is why you kind of gradually, gradually yeah. breathe in a bit more. But it is something that you definitely have to get used to. Um, and it's a case of oh, the best have... way to do is to practice. Oh, shame. I know. So the next thing, um, and it's going to be a bit of a strange one, you're going to have to trust me, is that I want you to take a sip, quite a big one, and then hold it in your mouth for a while and swirl it around, a bit like mouthwash. And I'm this, so this down one this. is not meant to be particularly pleasant. Okay. And then when you hold it in your mouth, what do you do with it then? Do you, you swallow, swallow it? it? Yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. I mean, I haven't seen a spit bucket, <laughs> but I have done wine tasting before and, you know, it could be messy. If okay. we were tasting more than two, uh, we might have had a spit bucket. So um, when I'm judging competitions, you've got maybe 80, 90 gins you've got to go <gasps> through. In one sitting. Um, and without a spittoon, I would be in significant trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, for two, we're fine if you swallow. But yeah, it, the idea as well, you're acclimatising your palate too. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah! My mouth's tingly. Yeah. So as I say, that, that one wasn't... Wow. <sighs> designed to be pleasant. <laughs> designed to be tingly. And to get over that tingle. Is it weird that I don't hate it? It's like I've had something really spicy. It's kind of nice. <laughs> it's I'm quite a nice fun. feeling. I, oh, I and quite I'm like now it really salivary. <laughs> I'm like properly... Sl- Ooh. But it's it is salivary. not a nice, particularly nice taste. No. I wouldn't do it again and again. It's quite an interesting sensation. I'm still got a tingly tongue. That's you should see Onion's face. <laughs> She looks like she's just been a bit hypnotised. I'm wondering if it's really weird that I find that the you really tingling like sensation's sensation. really nice. <laughs> it's really nice. Okay, what do we do now? And then just have a sip, like normal. Okay. Um, so that should be way easier than it normally would be yeah. to drink a 40% ABV oh, spirit. Yeah. And you should be able to pick up more of the kind of botanicals and the tastes and the, the subtle kind of flavours that they're imparting onto the gin. I'm still not sure if I'm doing that. <laughs> I can taste gin. I got a bit pine needly at the end, yep. which I think must be the juniper. 
I'm yeah. hoping. And quite dry yeah. at the top of my mouth yeah. at so the end. That's probably the angelica root. Um, oh. So anything kind of roots like angelica and orris give a nice kind of dry finish to your gin and yeah. give you a bit of length. Mm. Yeah. Um, you should, you've got quite a lot of citrus in here. So yeah, um, both from coriander, uh, the coriander seed and then from lemon peel and orange, which you smell. Oh, I did smell orange. But um, that'll sit in the middle and you normally, sometimes you can't really pick those up or define yeah. what they are, but it's that kind of lift that you yeah. get. So you get that kind of juniper to begin with. And then something lifts it up and then something kind of gives it a long finish at the end. It does smell really Christmassy, probably with that, all the citrus and it's probably just my brain. As well. There's licorice in there as well, um, which will give it a little subtle sweetness. There's almonds. Um, oh, I do get almonds. Mm, yeah, make yeah. it quite smooth. Um, and as well, anyone with an allergy doesn't need to worry because they, um, what gives you an allergy um, those compounds are way too big to come across in distillation, so you can distill nuts and you're fine to drink it. God, that would be shit, wouldn't it? If you couldn't drink yeah. certain drinks because yeah, of nut nuts, allergies. Yeah. Yeah. So I also find the more sips I have, because I've had more than I've one, had two, um, it gets sweeter. Yeah, I found Is that. Is that yeah. normal? To a certain extent, it'll be the licorice, and yeah. obviously sweetness builds on your palate, so yeah. it's a bit like spice, right? It's a yeah, yeah. kind of builder. So yeah, you're picking that up. Interesting. It's, yeah, going down quite well. So that's how you taste a gin. And then how you drink a gin is however the hell you want to. Ah, there we go. (laughs) Difference between tasting and drinking. So how do we compare then? Well, should we put this in some gin and tonic? Oh, okay. Either diluted gin with tonic or you could try it with water, actually. Water does the same. So when you're judging, you normally put a bit of water in just to open up some of the gins. It will... Gin is basically, botanicals are oils uh, in suspension, basically, in the alcohol. Yeah. So if you reduce the ABV by adding some water or some tonic, you can open up some of those oils. They're going to come out of solution. Things like citrus are yeah. pretty good for that. So that's why some of your gins will become more citrusy when you add tonic. Ah. The bubbles help with that as well. I like the bubbles. <laughs> oh, I love that sound. Thank right. you. Cheers. Cheers. So now we can drink it, or are we still tasting? What's the definition? I mean, I'd say if you're paying attention to what your taste, what what's in your glass, you're trying to work out what's familiar, what's different, what's changed, what's the same, um, then you're tasting. See, I like that less with the tonic in it. Yeah, I will. I wonder whether that's also proportions because I think we've got a lot more tonic in here than we would yeah. normally have for a gin tonic. So I can't taste. Oh, the I still gin can. too much anymore. Maybe I, I drink too much of my gin. I mean, there's a solution for that. Gin. <laughs> I might do exactly that. Because I get a lot more tonic and it doesn't have that dryness. Yeah, I, I don't like it as much when I've no, got tonic in there. It's much yeah. sweeter. Mm. Well, if you but guys were already picking up on that sweetness anyway before you added tonic, then yeah. tonic probably isn't the choice for yeah. you for it. Yeah, remember a soda like that yeah. lime soda, the oh, fever tree lime soda, which I'm kind of that. addicted to now. Yeah, the yeah. thought that of it is really, it's really good. quite good. Yeah. And so then you can change the flavour using that gin as a base with yeah. the different tonics and the different garnishes things, as well. Garnishes, mm. yeah. So I mean, a garnish should be always something that makes the gin kind of complements the gin or sometimes doesn't complement gin so you can kind of have that juxtaposition of something completely different that then takes the gin in a completely different direction or you could use lemon to amplify the lemon in it 
or yeah, yeah. some juniper berries if you want. Depends I've never put mind. juniper berries in. We've always yeah. done citrus and in we've my, experimented no, no, no. with other things. In my gin done... tasting kit that you yeah. bought me a few years ago for yes, my birthday, I did. I did. it had juniper berries in and I did Have you? Those and what did you think? You um, haven't done it again since, so I'm thinking it was That's because I used them all up in a single night at a yeah. university shindig. Um, uh, so I don't remember exactly what it did to them, but it made me look fancy. Yeah. I mean, then it was worth it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone in the room was like, oh, look at you. And I was like, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> and, and on the piney side, I've been obsessing for ages about putting a bit of Christmas tree into my gin. I haven't done it yet. And I keep being ridiculed by it. I'm not for ridiculing the sheer you. I just think if it. you lop a bit off our Christmas tree... <laughs> Well, it's not going to be like a massive I'll still be disappointed. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, the other thing I like for Christmas is to do rosemary um, and um, cranberries. And then it kind of looks like Christmas. It looks like a little Christmas tree. Oh, I nice. never thought about that. That could be good. Yeah. And you get the, the aroma from the rosemary yeah. and then the cranberries just look pretty. It looks like and Christmas. Would you burn the rosemary first? Because that was the rock rose had the suggestion, they wasn't it, for burning, burning it yeah. first? You can do. Uh, you've got to be careful, though, because if you burn it for too long, then you'll get the really bitter elements yeah. from the rosemary. Yeah. So you just want kind of a light tinge. I like right. singeing. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'd probably burn the house down. I'm really clumsy. <laughs> it's good to cleanse your palate with water in between Ooh. as well. I was just doing that to be really clever then <laughs> and be like, oh, look, I'm cleansing my palate. You're pulling that face. What's that face? So I'm I'm only pulling the face in a, okay, now I feel I'm drinking it, not tasting it yeah, anymore because yeah. I'm done with the tasting. I've tasted yeah. it and now it's mixed and there's no other information that's coming with each drink. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. Now it's in the point of, actually, it's quite nice. We are chatting, so it's nice to have something to sip on and mm. I categorise that it's drinking. Nice. Which is why it's good sometimes to try and taste them neat before you then add to your ice and tonic yeah. or else there's only so much you're going to pick up from a mixed gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After a couple of sips, you're done. Yeah, Whereas yeah. you've seen the evolution, tasting it neat, smelling it neat, then adding yeah. Yeah. the tonic and then seeing how it evolves. So and can we then taste the next yeah. one? Yeah, okay. Compare. Okay, so then to compare. Because even looking at the Are back you gonna of do this, the honest? it Should we have says... Your glass? It's already got loads of different flavour notes. Not all of them I'm going to pronounce correctly. The only one I think I can, in fact, is the yuzu peel. But already there's like six uniquely Japanese botanicals, which sounds different straight away. Yeah, no, for sure. So I think roku means six as well. So there's six Japanese botanicals and then there's normal um, gin botanicals alongside that. So they've got two types of tea. I'm not going to try and pronounce them either. Um, and you're using, I think this uh, cherry as well, cherry blossom. Um, maybe that might be the one that's covered by the <laughs> sticker. And yuzu is a citrus fruit anyway. It's a kind of in between, isn't it in between a lime and a lemon? It's that Quite kind of... small, very intense citrusy. So we have got six Japanese botanicals, including sakura leaf and sakura flower from spring. So that's cherry. Sencha tea and Kuro tea for summer. Ah, so they're going through the seasons. Sancho pepper for autumn and yuzu peel for winter. You'll normally find in gins, actually, which is something for you guys to look out for when you're going through them all, you'll normally find three botanicals in pretty much every gin. So you'll find juniper, coriander seed and angelica root. Oh, really? And I call them the Holy, holy the Trinity. The Holy Trinity. Uh, gin botanicals. 
Yeah. So you've got juniper at the heart and then you've got um, coriander seeds. So coriander seed, when you put them through distillation, comes across very citrusy. Yeah. So if you have a toasted coriander seeds yeah. in a pan, the when they pop, they smell really yeah. bright and yeah, citrusy. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same thing. And then you've got angelica root, which I said, you know, earlier gives the gin length. It's also yeah. known as a fixative, so it fixes all the flavours. Whether that's a real thing is a bit contentious mm, between yeah. some gin experts, but but they're the three main yeah. things, and the three things come together to balance it all as well. So you've got juniper in the heart, citrus lift, and then angelica root at the bottom, yeah. kind of balancing it all out. And so for this one, doesn't this one has then these the cherry blossom, yeah. the leaf, and then the teas, pepper, and the yuzu peel. So the yuzu peel is more with the coriander, I suppose, with yeah. the citrus. And pepper is often, we come across pepper quite a lot in gins, don't we? And we don't like it. Not always. Often pink peppercorns, I don't like it at all. Yeah, for some people, I mean, it's really personal as well. I think the extraction of some things in gins are just things that you come across time and time again. You learn to realise, actually, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, It's quite interesting when we do gin judging, though, because obviously you have to take your personality out of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm really sensitive to cardamom in gin. Really I think this has cardamom in it. I love um, cardamom. Yeah. <laughs> I'll okay. be happy with way too much cardamom. I think this is my, might be why you like this gin. But yeah, there's definitely some in there. A really nice smell. So you've introduced yourself again? I have many times. <laughs> I've said hello, hello again. Let's give a sip then. Yeah, so this one, hugely different. Yeah, very one. different. Um, and this is why it is, for me, a contemporary gin. So... The juniper's definitely taking a back seat. Yeah. So it's way less juniper dominant right in your face up front. Okay. And that's for me the difference between a London dry and a contemporary gin. I'm also going to be really controversial here. I don't like it neat. It's like I've just put a whole bowl of potpourri in my mouth and chewed (laughs) on it. It is a bit floral, which it never normally feels. But yeah, it's all that woody... No, it doesn't. And I think it's that that mixing with the tonic. Yeah, yeah. Because the beef eater in the tonic, I'm like, eh, it's all right. It's it's a wet liquid. It's not particularly doing it for me. Yeah. But the beef eater neat was actually growing on me quite... Mm. Nicely, I was like, actually, yeah, this Whereas is quite this nice. is the opposite way around. This is too powerful, yeah. yeah. I'd say this is one... I haven't tried Roki for a while, and I forgot how botanically intense it is. Yeah. It's oh, hugely like, intense. Out of the gin category and into sort of a, I don't know, an aquavit and a Amaro or something that's like quite bitter. Oh, what's uh, like an Amaro, like um, a bitter, a per- the kind of digestive type thing. Oh, right, right. yeah. Um, yeah. Something like a Fernet Branca or something. There's something really... Just throwing words at us. <laughs> This is this is what experts do, isn't it? They, they just throw like words this, and they go and say this and blah blah blah, and you go, yes, it's absolutely, like yes, yes, totally trust you. You are expert. <laughs> I am now going to put ice in mine. I have one more taste, then I'm gonna make it into a proper. I mean, I guess that's the thing. Um, people around the world have been trying to make booze taste better by putting herbs and spices in it. Yeah. And in the UK, that meant gin. Um, and. Yeah. Parts of Europe, that was the Geneva that predated gin. But yeah, in uh, Sweden, like in the Nordic countries, that was aquavit. So if you've ever tried aquavit, it's very botanically intense. And they use lots of different botanicals, but they don't use really juniper because it doesn't grow natively that much. So you get more bitter flavours. And this is reminding me of that a bit. Is it better now you've added ice and tonic? I'm going with ice first, just because, as you said, if you just dilute it a bit with water. Yeah. Just because. And also chill yeah. it down. It's it's the, the chill itself will yeah. kind of narrow your flavour profile. Yeah. But now I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like an old favourite, like right? Yeah. Just familiar. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. But it's still not like to the point where I'm there going, oh yeah, I've tasted this a million times, yeah. whatever. It's still a bit like, ooh, there's a bit of something there. But that's nice. It's it's comforting and friendly. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because yeah. actually all of that intensity has, co- for me, know. has completely sort of levelled out and become fine, balanced, yeah. Yeah. interesting, yeah, drinkable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. What I like... You know what I was saying about the beef eater? When I got into drinking it, it's then every mouthful is the same. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I've done this now. So then I'm kind of drinking for the sake of drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I find with this, with the tonic mix, it's now it's not so in my face, every mouthful I'm tasting different things. And is that because of the sheer intensity of all the different flavours that are so. there? Yeah, and I think they've done a fairly good job of tying it all together. Mm. But there's still... Too much cardamom for you. Well, no, just things that jump out at you. Whereas with a gin, sometimes you want it to be a bit neater. Um, I think for for just everyday drinking, Roku's fine, but I think a bartender would really struggle with what to do with it because every single way that you try and use it would throw up a whole different kettle of fish when it comes to the botanical that's coming out or the flavour profile, which could be really interesting. And you could find some really nice kind of mixes that are like oh that works perfectly in there because that complements this other thing in this cocktail i'm trying to make mm. but you'll also think that you know what it's going to do yeah put it in and then go holy crap what was that yeah i didn't expect yeah. that to happen yeah. this tastes weird and yeah. it could be good weird or it could be really bad weird yeah um so i can see that roku might be a bit of a challenging one yeah. and so is that versatility. also this boom of gin because gin has gone completely <laughs> batshit batshit yeah. bonkers yeah. crazy yeah. And is that because we're drink, we're creating like Roku? I would think I wouldn't think of doing anything other than a gin tonic. Yeah. And so it's got all that complexity that I'm like, I'm happy. That's a really interesting drink, and I'm not going to add anything. And actually, I don't even need to add lemon or lime mm. or anything. It's all there. Mm. Whereas the beef eater, I could create some interesting. It could go in cocktails. I wouldn't think of putting a Roku yeah, in a cocktail. A cocktail. No, absolutely not. Yes. Yeah, so is yeah. it because the the gin explosion is to create gins and tonics rather than creating gins to use for cocktail I mean, making? Anyone that doesn't create a gin with the gin and tonic in mind is an idiot. Because nine yeah. out of ten drinks, as Fever Trees campaign. Nicely told us on billboards all over the world, nine out of ten gin drinks are gin and tonics. Um, Lucky for them. (laughs) Why didn't we all get into the tonic game 12 years ago? I swear to God, I could have made a fortune. Um, But yeah, so you'd be an idiot not to think about it. Um, And it it should always work with tonic. Um, But I would say probably some gins are better suited just for a gin and tonic and leave them there. Whereas some actually playing around with them they've got the versatility to stretch and pull and and do interesting things but also i consider work beef eater to be a workhorse of a gin mm. so you can put it in a citrusy cocktail it's super happy i'd love a beef eater martini mm. um you know super cold a little bit dry lemon twist gorgeous yeah um it can do everything um which is why it's the one that i always go back to yeah um, but also i have that familiarity with it yeah. like you yeah. do like yeah. it just makes me happy and yeah. i think with so many gins and everyone's like oh try this new gin and try this new gin yeah and i'm exposed to so many different gins every day sometimes i just want a familiar friend yeah. just to be there just mm. to remind me what good gin is and mm. that for me is beef eater okay i'm gonna go back to the beef eater <laughs> as well just because I'm not. You're not. I'm not. I've I've decided my stance on it, and that's that I like it neat, but when I combine it with tonic, I'm like, 
Eh, I think if I put it in a cocktail, I think I'd really enjoy it. And I think if maybe if we had a slice of lime or something in there, I'd enjoy it more. Yeah. But I think just that and the tonic, I'm a bit like, I'm underwhelmed. I guess that thing, though, it could be anything. And yeah. because there's so many gins mm. out there now and there are so many different yeah. things and different flavour profiles and different ways you can yeah. push a gin, you can have the herbal gin or the floral gin. Yeah. Beefy's is just... Simple old gin. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And is it wrong that I've actually just used it as a palate cleanser? <laughs> Sarah Cruz. No, but actually that's quite a nice way to do it. No, and then I can, I can go back yeah. Yeah. and going back to tasting, I can imagine using something that is a base gin as well to compare others to yeah. can make you then notice more in the flavours of the other one that you're drinking. I mean, sometimes as well, um, as I say, when you're judging, what, 80, 90 different gins in a day, yeah. you do get a bit gaga. So sometimes having a yeah. standard reference gin that you know so well yeah. and you remember, you, you know exactly what you're getting. So sometimes I'm like, have I gone nuts? Is uh, is this even gin anymore? Because I've forgotten what juniper tastes like. I'll go back to Beefy and go, oh, no, it's, it could be there. Yeah, yeah. All of yeah. these producers have just forgotten okay. to yeah. put it in there. Um, so it is good to have a reference gin. I know some people out there use Tanqueray as well. It's a really good one. Because yeah. Tanqueray is super simple. Beefy's has got nine botanicals. Tanqueray only has four. Oh, wow. So you've got juniper, coriander, angelica, and licorice, and that's it. Yeah. So it's a real base point yeah, too. Yeah. It also has no citrus in it. So any citrus so, you get from tanqueray is only from the coriander seed, which makes it a really interesting gin when people are like, well, what does coriander seed taste like? I was like, do you taste the citrus when you try tanqueray? Yes. yes. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And can I just ask, our gin tasters are as wankery as <laughs> wine tasters and do you sometimes describe things as tasting like baby's nappies or petrol <laughs> or well, yeah totally um no um but then I'm probably the worst person to ask that because I taste subjectively so some of my tasting notes nobody else would understand what the hell I was going on about yeah um I mean I remember tasting a gin I was like and it smells just like my grandma's dog <laughs> after it had been shampooed so it was it was wet dog with the with the type of shampoo yeah and that Nobody was it but that, I yeah. can still taste that and smell that gin when yeah. I tell you that tasting note now yeah um but would I write that anywhere in the public domain hell <laughs> fucking no <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to be tasting it going oh yeah yeah I really pick up that no. specific I mean yeah. I think the thing about gin that's brilliant is that it's accessible to anybody because it is a neutral spirit, mm. and then it's flavoured with, with botanicals. And so many of those botanicals are familiar to us already. So you know what rosemary, thyme, yeah. lemon, lime, you know what all of these things taste and smell like, even cherry blossom. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's mm. not a mad stretch of your imagination. Whereas mm. with a lot of spirits, it's like, oh, and then, you know, it sat in a cask for this long, and it yeah. brought out the vanillins and the tallin, and you're like, what? And the what? I don't care. I don't care that it sat in a cask for 12 <laughs> years. That just means it's musty. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, but like, you know, trying to then wrap your head around the effect that that cask has had on that yeah. liquid and then how you describe that and the taste and all of that. Yeah. It's just quite a lot of hurdles to get past. Whereas yeah. I think the way gin's captured the imagination is because it is accessible and everyone can have a association with it. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I know what rosemary smells like. Smell this gin. Oh, it smells like rosemary. And all of a sudden you feel like you know a bit more. Yeah. And I think because of that, it's not wankery. Do you have to like kind of um 
train your palate to remember the smells and tastes and things. Yeah. Because I was just thinking about, you know, rosemary and stuff, unless you use it in cooking or you've got it in the garden or, you know, then you're not going to remember what it, you're not going to be able to access that or access it immediately. And I know there are lots of things that I smell and I'm like, it smells like something I remember. No idea what. We do that quite a lot. <laughs> we do. And quite a lot of the time I'll taste it and I'll go, oh, it reminds me of that sweet. Sarah, what's that sweet? <laughs> oh, yes. And I'll look at you and you'll be like, oh, oh. And we'll sit there going, <laughs> take oh, yeah, ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually we'll hand it to like, you know, dad or somebody in the house yeah. and he'll taste it and he'll go, refreshers. And we'll be like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly the same though. Yeah. yeah, but I'm exactly the same. There's still some things that come up and I'm like, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still remember, because I used to be really embarrassed by it because I'm like, I should... I wrote about gin. I should know everything. I should be able to smell and taste. And um, someone asked me to come and try this gin in development. And I was sat in a room full of bartenders. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, and it was really doing my head. And all of a sudden I went, pesto! <laughs> <laughs> That's like me. Yeah. But mine would be in the middle of the night. And you'll sit bolt upright. Yeah. Just go pesto! Yeah. And that's the thing. And then everyone just looks at me and they're like, what the hell is she going on about? And it turned out the gin had basil and something and thyme. It's uh, with the botanicals. Yeah. But that's what was lodged in my brain. Yeah, and yeah. I was really embarrassed by it. But over the years, I'm like, well, no, because everyone's experience is a bit different and yeah. I love pesto so if you told me well it tastes a bit like pesto I'd be like oh yeah sure can you it. remember what gin it was <laughs> I don't know but if you do like that then uh, Jim Mari is obviously a good shout because yeah. that's got the rosemary yeah. but the rosemary is a bit more kind of um dominant over the time and yeah. the basil yeah. um but yeah can we go on to the tonic because we've been uh, yes. mixing these with our usual Fever tree refreshingly light. But um, Lauren, who's with us today, has yes. been obsessing and has made us also get some M&S. Yeah. The same light yes. tonic. And she wanted us to try the difference, but I don't know where she's gone and we have very little tonic <laughs> left. But also you were saying about um, not being able to have sweeteners because yes. of migraines. And I remember years and years ago, before getting on the fever tree, we used to just get bog-standard oh supermarket God. tonic because yeah. it was free from sweeteners. Yeah. And Schweppes was yeah. sweetener-heavy um, and horrid. Schweppes normal is okay now. Um, it's their slimline. It's bleh. Yeah. And any slimline, generally, you see the word slimline on a bottle? It's and, and that's sweeteners. the difference with Fever Tree is their light doesn't add anything. No, it just basically cuts down on the quinine, which is the thing that makes mm. tonic taste bitter. Um, so by cutting back on that, they don't need to add as much sugar. So actually, it's a really good choice if you are trying lots of different gins. Because it's, it's not masking cream. it. Yeah. yeah, Your gin is more likely to shine through and it doesn't have quite as much sugar. Yeah. yeah. But there are loads more that are coming on the market. And with the rise of the gin craze, there's been the rise of the tonic craze. Because yes. now you will get elderflower, mediterranean, all flavoured tonics, yeah. but also lots of other. So Fentimans do yeah. some tonics. And what should we... Be looking do you have any opinion as to tonics and what we should put in our gin i like bubbly tonic bubbly so tonic. whichever one's the bubbliest will do so i drink a lot of schweppes <laughs> um but yeah i mean flavored tonics i'd say you've got to be careful because obviously your gin already has the botanicals and the flavorings yeah. so fair enough if they're complementary but if you're sticking a flavored tonic over a quite a nice slightly expensive gin mm -hmm. then what's the point because you're yeah. adding extra flavourings on top of something that's already has those kind of botanical yeah. flavourings in there. Um, but some can be quite nicely complementary. And I know the Fever Tree Mediterranean is one that quite a lot of brands 
Yeah, yeah it's one we often use. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are so many out there. It depends what what works for you. And sometimes there are different tonics that work with different gins, and you just don't know without trying. Some yeah. some tonics will work really well with some gins, but work really strangely with others. Mm-hmm. I've had some where the tonic changes the gin, but I won't be able to tell you what gin it was. Like yeah. it, it just skews yeah. the flavor profile so strangely. Yeah. So you just never do that and that that particular combination. Um, but supermarket own brands are pretty good as well, and cheapest chips, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, Waitrose own brand is really good. That's I would say the only thing to look out it for is no artificial sweeteners. Yeah. And if you can steer clear of them, uh, the more the better. Mm-hmm. And where do you stand on gins that say mix us with ginger beer? <laughs> Because I've had so many gins recently that recommend mixing them with ginger beer. Ginger oh, beer or ginger ale? Ginger ale. So weirdly, I used to recommend to people if they didn't like a gin and tonic, because they didn't like tonic water, to try gin and ginger beer instead. Uh, sorry, ginger ale instead. See, it's catching. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think it's quite a complimentary pairing. It actually goes back in history as well. You used to get gin and gingerbread sellers on the banks of the time. <gasps> no! Yeah. That would be my ideal day. Around sort of November time, if you took me out to get a gin and a gingerbread man, I would be made up. No, I'm thinking proper gooey, like oh, ginger gooey in the cake middle. bread. Oh, Not like a stop, biscuit, stop. but a proper cake. It's like porn to me, Sarah. I need you to stop. <sighs> So all of a sudden now it's still seeming so strange. It's not now, no. <laughs> now I'm obsessing over cake though. This rise of gin. Yes. Is it gonna stop? Doesn't seem to be. I mean, for years people have been saying what's next. And everyone keeps saying well, rum. everyone keeps talking about yeah. rum, no, but is... it hasn't actually I mean, this was happening in the industry what five, six years ago. Everyone was waiting for rum to be the next big thing and flavoured rums. Um, it's just not really happening. As I say, I think gin's just too accessible. Yeah. And plus also because of the way that it's made, you can make it quite quickly. So with the likes of with lockdown, you had the likes of Sophie Alex Best Ellis Bexter. Well done, you got there. <laughs> yeah. Murder on the dance floor. Um producing her own gin. Yeah. And everyone just jumping on this whole yeah. bandwagon of gin. Are they all good gins? Should no. they just stop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> um, I don't I think people jumping on the gin bag are more bandwagon now is too little too late like, yeah. people think there's money to be made in gin um there is people want to be the next sixsmith that's you know you're like 10 years too late yeah. and yeah. also those boys worked in the booze industry one came from followers one came from you know a big booze conglomerate they knew exactly what they were doing they were really smart in the way that they set up um i think gin is a really interesting space there's room for everybody it's a really friendly space to operate but i really would wish that people would remember juniper like gin is juniper based it's a juniper spirit if it's not it's a flavoured vodka and there are just so many people that are trying to make the next gin that is the next big thing because it'll get gin drink you know drinkers into gin who aren't quite sure I was like oh so you mean you've completely forgotten about the juniper cool 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 going back to London Dry because thinking about that are there then criteria of gins because as this has exploded and there are loads loads of gins yeah. with inverted commas you've got your london dry which you said is like a protected way of making it yes. is there then other forms of gin like a Geneva gin or a so you've got three different types of gin uh you've got gin so gin is a juniper flavor <laughs> okay so i'm just thinking three different types of gin and you got gin that's like <laughs> gin. gin so i mean this is the this is the kind of slightly frustrating thing i guess because 
if you were just going to make gin and you wanted to write the word gin on the bottle, you could just take neutral spirit and add natural flavorings. Oh. Shake up the bottle. So you could basically take juniper essence, squirt it into a bottle of neutral spirit, shake it up and sell it with the word gin on the bottle. Grim. <laughs> Grim. Um, then you've got distilled gin. So distilled gin has to go through a still. Hooray. But, then, <laughs> but do you then need to put distilled gin on the bottle? So you probably wouldn't put distilled gin. No, so you wouldn't know the difference no. necessarily. I think some some brands used to in the past, especially with supermarket, like... Mm own label brands yeah, would yeah. put distilled gin on it and you'd be like a bit confused because you're yeah. like well of course all it's gin's distilled, distilled yeah. but actually it doesn't have to be yeah um so distilled gin uh you have to redistill the ethanol so the alcohol that's at least 96 percent abv so that's that clean alcohol we were talking about um and then you've got to do it in the presence of juniper berries and other natural botanicals can i just say when you say that it's like getting married in the presence of witnesses (laughs) you know as long as the junipers are in the room (laughs) then you're okay (laughs) i mean you know could you just add one single juniper berry and then (gasps) juniper essence into your still i don't know oh controversial um but yeah um and then you've obviously got to put it through a still um, and then it becomes distilled gin, uh, and then you've got London dry gin, which we talked about earlier. But yeah. the main things for all three is they all have to be juniper dominant by taste. Right. But some, as we were discussing years and years ago, taste is subjective. Yeah. So um, how do you know if something is juniper dominant without tasting it, and who is the benchmark? So I actually wrote yeah. to the EU like must be about 10, 11 years ago now when I was first starting out, offering to be the benchmark. Oh, <laughs> I will be the gin yardstick. Send me yes. a gin, I'll taste it and say yes or no. Brilliant. I mean, how good would that job have been? That would like, be what, what is your job? Chief gin taster for Europe. Yeah. Like, amazing. Um, oh, what a nightmare. I'd hate to do that. God. Could you imagine? So essentially what I'm hearing is that you could produce anything and call it gin. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, yes. Um, I think there is a bit of an onus on gin distillers to be making decent stuff, but some people are just out there to make money. But also giving the boom in gins. And I know, yeah. so, you know, we get through a fair amount of gin on this mean, podcast. Sarah. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and finding gins for episodes, you know, quite often we're introduced to gins or we're, we're looking on the internet and there are so many gins. Yeah. They're not necessarily gin i mean the thing is as well you've got you've got to be careful because you've got some gins doing really interesting stuff so we talked about gin mare mm-hmm. so they actually distill all their different botanicals separately yeah so they actually soak their citruses in a big vat of booze for over a year wow. before they then go into the still they've got a really involved process but they do everything separately and then blend it at the end to get a really consistent product that extracts everything they want from yeah, all yeah. the different botanicals so they're a distilled gin they're not london dry so whereas london dry used to be a whole mark of quality I mean, Hendrix yeah. is another one. So Hendrix distills a huge portion of their botanicals mm. into their gin. Yeah. Then they add cucumber and rose essence at the end. But I like mm. Hendrix, so I won't Hendrix. shit on them. No, the thing is, <laughs> Hendrix is yeah. great. And yeah. that's the yeah. thing. And Hendrix is responsible for a hell of a lot of people loving gin and getting into gin. Yeah. But also, it makes sense because if you ever tried to boil a cucumber, that ain't going to yeah, taste nice. Not, yeah. So putting it, the cucumber into the still and heating it up to yeah. boiling point of ethanol, yes, it's less than the boiling point of water, but it's still pretty damn hot and a stewed cucumber is going to be gross. Mm. So they vacuum distill. So some of those that come out are really good yeah. and therefore can help us to taste those things better than if they did it in the traditional gin way. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is it's the juniper dominance, right? 
And it yeah. always comes back to this. Sadly, you can't test for juniper dominance. Some people say we put 51% of our botanical mix as juniper, as if that ticks the box. Yeah. It doesn't, because the regulation says juniper dominant by taste. Yeah. And people chemically analyse their gin and say, oh, there's all this juniper oil in there. It's like, yes, but what does it taste like? Because if you also put what, too, like a few too many pods of cardamom in it, you're not going to be able to taste yeah. any juniper. And so. if you're somebody who's very, very aware As of cardamom. <laughs> Even despite that, you know, different botanicals work differently. Star anise, you want yeah. a tiny bit of star anise because it's so yeah. intense. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, because of the way it's all worded, there's no easy way to to mm. kind of put a benchmark or a yardstick yeah. in, the, in the ground yeah. and say you have to do this. Um, so, yeah, it is pretty much up to the distillers. Now, I would love to say that we have learned so much that we're going to apply all of this in our gin <laughs> tasting for our episodes coming forward into Series 3, but I can guarantee you we won't and <laughs> we will need a lot more training yeah, yeah. to taste our gin. Yeah. So maybe by Series 4 we'll five, have learnt five. Seven, Oh, golly, that's a lot of gin. Just throwing numbers out there. <laughs> Eventually we will. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been an absolute whirlwind. It has, and I've enjoyed learning how to properly taste gin. And you know what? I am going to do it. I'm going to, from now on, make my mouth all tingly because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> we should go and taste all of the rest of the series gins because we've got them all lined up in the room next door. And, Emma. Yes. May we invite you to be our chief gin taster going I forward. would be honoured yay <laughs> welcome to gin and topic so here we are launching series 3 with a proper expert in gin <laughs> and loads of gin and loads of experts oh, oh I need more booze oh yeah yeah on that note we did you. it thank you yay I hope you enjoyed that little episode. You got to the end, so hopefully you did. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> well done. If you'd like more content from us, then you can follow us on Instagram. You can. And you'll also find our chief gin taster, the gin monkey, with tasting notes of all the gins that we're tasting in the series. Go on to Instagram, so it's worth following. Yeah, yeah. Topic gin. Topic gin. Same on Twitter. Same on Twitter. What Send us a little tweet. Yeah, we're on Facebook too. Topic yeah. Gin, keeping it all nice and simple. And you can email us. You can, if you want, at hello at ginandtopic.com. If you click subscribe as well, that would be really handy. Reviews, host tell of people. Stuff for you to do. And we'll be back next week with another episode. I know. And another guest. Know. And another gin. Yay. <laughs> And don't forget to join me and Emma in our new tasting room on Sunday and she can tell us all about the gin. <laughs> <laughs>